everyone. Welcome back to Eliminate, a podcast series from Hope Fellowship Church where we share stories to inspire growth and encourage engagement in our community. I'm joined by my co-host Nathan Beer, and today the two of us are interviewing Josh Geiger and David Goff, two of our friends from Hope, uh, who many of you may know, but if you don't know them, they are incredible men of God who you should definitely get to know. And they are in a unique position of being both volunteers uh, and serving in the church, as well as in a position of leadership in the church, as they both serve on our executive leadership team. So we're excited to dive into this conversation about service and leadership, uh, specifically at Hope Fellowship. So without further ado, let's jump into today's conversation. Sweet. Well, we're so excited to have you guys here with us. And I guess just to start us off, um, we'd love for you to uh, introduce yourselves to people and let us know what you do both for a living and then here at Hope. So whichever you wants to start. I'm David Goff. Uh, I've been a member of Hope since 2010. And uh, I was introduced to Hope Fellowship through some friends of mine who thought that it would be a good fit for me at that point in my life. And uh, I'm sort of semi-retired, do a lot of volunteer and work and uh, enjoy my calling here. You know, I, I looked through and the, the word servanthood sort of jumped out at me. And I, I believe, you know, that's one of the things that I've just felt God's pressed onto my heart is whatever it is and just trying to be more responsive. Uh, I have a history of tending to overthink things. And so I've tried in the last... 10 years or so to be more responsive to what God, you know, presses in front of me and rather than overthink and negotiate with him, just be, uh, you know, let, let that door open and take a step through it and see where it goes. So I'm Josh Geiger. Um, I'm married to Whitney. We have two sons, Rhett, who is about to turn eight as of the recording of this podcast and uh, Ridge, who just turned two. And we have, I was uh, going to say member, but when you said it, it resonated with me that we don't technically have membership here. Come on, that out. <laughs> so I would say we, we've, been, uh, we've been volunteering here at Hope since probably the late 2011 time frame. Um, and I guess we started volunteering. I did in the, in the tech area in Whitney, her calling is with children. Um, so from there, it went on to leadership team a year or so after that, and we've kind of remained in those capacities. So I'm, as far as what I do for a living, I'm an engineer by training and degree, so don't hold that against me. <laughs> I'm curious, what uh, kind of drew you when you started attending Hope to want to dig in deeper and take on volunteering positions, leadership positions? Is that something like you've always held in, in previous churches? Is it just kind of like a way, or is this something unique to being at Hope for you guys? I'll let the non-member member go first. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm just because older, and that's member is come, that's my background. But uh, I, I think for me, you know, I was introduced to Hope at a time where uh, you know, I'm 61 years old, and, and I was going through a, a pretty rough time in my life. I've been brought up through the church, in the church, Presbyterian denominational background. But I went through divorce uh, 2010, and 
there were, it was a point in my life where I've always known God, but there was there was a lot, just a lot of uh, trauma in my life, emotional trauma, and I just that was the only place I could turn. And and I was sort of devoid of a lot of a lot of the relationships that I felt like had been vital in my life were either gone or severely damaged. And so hope, I was introduced to hope through some really really close friends, and uh, and I felt like more than just coming to the services and participating in the services, I needed I needed more. Um, I think I'm relatively introverted by nature, but I, I could really, I, my, I was trying to be discerning and obedient to what God was laying on my heart. And so, again, it was a time where I was uh, taking more steps to be proactive rather than waiting and, and analyzing and trying to determine, is this what I'm supposed to do? And one of the things that I could feel that was really pressed on me was some relationships. And I met a lot of people uh, of a varied ages, you know, families, uh, singles, uh, married, and and just God blessed me with a lot of people and a lot of stories and getting close to people that uh, it, it really was, it led me to be, become more and more involved and spend more and more time. So how do you spend more time? Well, at the, you know, whether it's, uh, home groups or connection groups, as we call them, or whether it was through volunteering. Uh, honestly, when I first uh, became involved at Hope, I did a lot of just cleaning up after the service, just picking up trash and stuff. And then, then uh, Wendy asked me if I wanted to greet, and I was like, I would have thought greeting would have been the last thing in the world I ever wanted to do. I said, I got no interest in that. And then I found that that was something that I really enjoyed doing. And uh, so... Uh, I think once you step into things, God, you know, there's elements of your personality and elements of your creation and your being that are always there that you may be afraid of, not know that they're there. But once you allow God to work in those areas, I think he can open the doors and, you know, you can see things. And and that's when God, the power of God really shines because when you see something in someone that they're not, and you know that person, and you, you realize, whoa, that's, he never would have done that or she never would have done that. And, and you see how God works. And I said, that's the beauty of it. And so sort of allowing that process to happen with whatever, you know, whatever talents or a lack of talents I had, let him, you know, just take those and direct me accordingly. I mean, for me, there's a, you can unpack that in a lot of ways, right? I mean, I think uh, for Hope as a church, one of the things when we first started attending, we offer a DNA class, still offer that to tell people about, the church and the beliefs, the fundamental beliefs. And uh, this particular one, we were only doing one session right now. We split them across multiple topics, give you a, a broader appreciation for um, the beliefs and context. But that one, you know, Whitney and I finished it. We didn't have kids at the time. We're like, all right, we're ready to sign up. You know, it's kind of, I was joking about membership earlier, but um, they're like, we, we don't, we don't have you sign up. Right. You know, if you, if you want to be part of the church, get involved, right. Volunteer. That's, that's that's important to to do, and so I really like that concept, right? Because it, it makes you instead of somebody that you know. Back, I grew up Baptist, and a lot of the things we had was a guide of the church, right? And I remember taking pictures as a family, and that picture gets put in there, and so you look at that over time, right? And that's a judge in some ways of how healthy the church is, how thick that book is, and 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 kind of the way I think that our church has, has decided to look at membership as more about getting involved. So that's one side of it. The other side, I think, 
you know, you feel a calling to, to be a part of the church. And if, you know, something that you're, you're vested in, you want to stay for a while, you want it to be a part of your life, just like you do at home, right? You may work in the yard or paint the walls. I mean, you, you invest time and energy into things you care about. So that would be another reason why I feel led to volunteer. And, I, and I, I'm sure there are biblical passages that, that talk about uh, being a part of the church and supporting it and, and volunteering for it. So those are probably the three primary reasons. The other thing I thought about when you mentioned it too is specifically why do I get involved in the tech side of things other than, you know, maybe I'm predisposed on the engineering <laughs> side. But if I go back to my church, you know, we had a we had a music minister, right? And there was this very small, probably eight-channel mixing console that was in the back of the church that only he was allowed to touch, right? <laughs> you know, so it was always this thing where you could get close, but you couldn't touch it. But uh, So technology and the sound side of things, I, I don't know why those are connected, but that kind of brought me to wanting, always wanting to do that. And um, a lot of the churches that, that I've been to that are larger in, in quantity of people, they have a a more professional type setup volunteers are not really something that gets involved in those things so when uh, we were going here early and they said hey we got some opportunities there that's what i jumped on that right because mm-hmm. you get exposed to things technologically that you know i'm not going to get to have at my house and so maybe there's a selfish component of continuing <laughs> to learn right that you do but and maybe it's a back to the gifts right maybe it, it's really subtly that uh you know, God's given me some kind of gift in that area, so to speak. So that's where I should be serving. Because I know when Whitney has, she likes to do the kids area uh, when she's volunteering. And she's had me back there. And I, and I know that is not my calling. <laughs> right? uh, we had so, a good time back there. <laughs> we, we, we definitely did. It's just, you know, I, I always tell Whitney, I, I don't have the tool. She's a teacher by training and that's her profession, right? Like, I don't have the toolbox that you have, right? You know, you give me a, an equation, right, some math problem, right? I got the toolbox for that. But when a, when a child's being difficult back there, right, how do you do that in a way that or, or help them in a way that brings them back to what's going on in that area? It's just it's not a toolbox that I have. <laughs> I think I, I like what you say. When you're vested in something, you care more about it. I always think of, you know, when we had a rental property, when we, when we were renting, we did I mean, we did not care what happened to that house, right? We were shooting 22s at the window. Uh, we were throwing darts at the wall, all this junk. But when you uh, when you buy something, all of a sudden it's like you care about that the trim and the base the base trim is chipping away and you want to sand that down and paint it over. You care that there's a little piece of the wall that's coming off and you want to rip that off and then repaint it or resand it. And I think that that's, that's really the case. Um, so I think that's cool to hear that you guys kind of just – naturally fell into those volunteer positions but also saw needs that then you wanted to serve and fill I think kind of going off of that what has been what has kept you I guess continuing to serve like what's been the motivation behind that because I think you know we've my wife and I've been in a house for a year now and we start to get kind of tired of these projects right you do you do a couple big ones up front and you're you're knocking them out and you feel good about it but then after a while you're like okay I need a break or or something like that I guess what has kept you motivated because I mean, I know each of you guys have moved around from volunteer positions, but you guys have just been in so many different volunteer positions here at the church. Has that kind of been something that's just like a refresh almost to keep it new, or is it just continuing? Like, what are, what are the motivations, I guess, to keep serving and, and to care this much about the church in a way where you're willing to be this vested and have this much invested into the church? Well, I think for me, one of the things is 
it is a selfish, we, we're born into a selfish nature. And I think selfishly, you know, I want to grow and I want to experience things. And, you know, Pastor Mark, I, I'm somewhat a solitary person by nature, I think. But, you know, Mark talks about, you know, we're relational. We're, cre- we're created to be relational. That's what, you know, God, you know, he wants to have. That's our first, our number one hierarchy of priorities is our relationship with him. But for me, it's the volunteer, you know, it's an element of me, of what I get out of life and, and in my selfishness to expand on, on the relational nature of how God created me and where that leads me. You know, it may, it may take me to a place that, and I think the challenges of growth come through, you know, the opportunities that, you know, you don't necessarily know the direction. You just, you step into something and, and you see, you know, what doors open, what God does for you. So I think the relational nature, um, I think your journey of life, I'm a lot older than Josh, so I think, I think you know, you go through, you go through chapters and, and, you know, you don't necessarily, I don't necessarily, I won't say I don't get burnt out on something, but I think when you're involved in one thing and, and if your eyes are opened and your heart's open to new experiences, I think new doors are open and you just naturally migrate and again, I think that's I think that's an element of growth. It, it, you know, if we stay boxed in and never get out of that comfort zone, this is what I do and how I'm gonna we're gonna do it my way, and I'm not gonna change it, and I'm good at it. Not only that does that deprive me of growth, but it also doesn't allow others to come in and give them an opportunity for growth. You know, it's, it's just like I think you know I think we have a responsibility to give financially to the church. But if there's a need and one person always fills that specific need, you know, with a with a check, then it can deny others for the opportunity of giving, you know, whether it's a, a nickel or, or, or $50. It doesn't matter. But, but I think those are opportunities where we all grow and grow as a, a community in Christ and gets back to our, you know, what's on the wall out there. We're becoming and belonging. And I just think all of those things work together in our uh, and the re- relational aspect of how God created us. I mean, it's an interesting question when when you talk about um, what keeps you motivated, because I, I think it's also good to say that um, there are times that I am, am assigned something as far as it's my time to do, and I wake up and I don't want to go that day, right? So it, it just because you have a volunteer base that, that is committed maybe and they attend it doesn't mean that you don't get burnt out sometimes and don't miss life right I mean um, but what I think keeps me coming back is that that I feel a again back to be invested in it right I feel a responsibility that if I want the the our church to continue to grow to continue to you know bring people in to, to share the gospel um then you've you've got to continue to be willing to be a part of that, right? You can't you you can't. Of course, you can, but but for me, I don't want to be in the background saying I wish that would happen or I wish this would happen when I know I have the ability and the time to give to try to be a part to help make that happen, whatever that is, right? Yeah. Um, I would say the other thing motivationally is I mentioned the kids earlier, right? You know, I want my kids to witness this, right? They will ultimately make their own choices in life, right? I know I can't control that, but um, 
them having a ministry and a place to feel at home and wanting to go to, that's very important to me, right? And in order to make that happen, that's probably one of the areas of ministry that, that's extremely hard, you know, right, from being back there to, to both manage and, and have something that's viable for people. Um, again, that's not my skill set back there, but I know it's important. So I just try to continue to volunteer where I may have some level of gift so that, that I can continue to push that ministry in whatever way the, the pastors and leaders of that area want it to go. Um, I think you kind of touched on uh, something I was going to ask about too, which is I think it's just another question of, of why why do you guys care enough, I guess, and you kind of answered it with, you know, having your kids have a place, but I guess why do you guys personally care enough to step into something? What, what's the even motivation behind wanting to invest in something like this, I guess. You know, I mean, I think we can get down to, like, the base roots of Scripture and see the importance of it in the body of Christ and all of that. But I think that's like you guys both naturally fell into these things, but there seems to be a heart behind that to get involved, like picking up trash afterwards. You don't see a lot of people just going around in service after service and picking up trash. There you see, like, you know, we found, like, a half-eaten muffin in the pew uh, the other week, and I was just dying laughing. I was like, yeah, that's hysterical. Um, that was, the, I guess, the best place that somebody thought to put a muffin. <laughs> I guess that's that's the question I, I'm just intrigued in because I think, you know, we always say, man, if everyone cared as much as this person or that person, then I mean, what would the church look like? Or if everyone had that motivation. But I think what you're saying is everyone has a different toolbox <clears throat> as well. And I think that's a valid thing to say. But I guess for you guys, what's been that push, the motivation to even get started? Like, why do you guys care enough to volunteer in the positions that you do? And why do you guys care enough to even serve? And that we'll talk about in a little bit, but like the executive leadership team. I mean, for me, some of it is, you know, we're talking about it as if there's these black and white conscious choices we make. And sure, there is, right? I mean, in a way that I could choose to put my name in the hat to be a part of that team. But, you know, as believers, right, I feel like we're also called to be a part of the things that we care about, of which, you know, we're coming, choosing to come to this particular church. But even larger than that, we're we're believers of of Christ, right? So and God. So we we want, I think, to be a part of that and, and feel called to do that. So the decision may have been made before I made the choice, even, right? Mm, that's good. <laughs> so I'm just fulfilling that, right? I, I'm God's calling me to do that, and you feel a you feel a a need to do that, right? And I think you know with that feeling of need, I, I think there's a confidence that comes with that, that, that you, you know, you may have somewhat of an unsettled feeling, but I always feel like, you know, when, if I'm obedient to what God's having me do, I, I, deep down, I feel like I know that that's the direction I'm supposed to go. I may not know the outcome, but I, I always feel like God has a, he, he, I'm safe in that, and, uh, you know, he, he, he's got me covered, and it, it's a moment where he wants me to step out, and, and step out in faith, and, you know, again, I'm, I use the term growth, but, you know, I, I don't, I'm at a place in life, too, where I, I really don't want to be stuck in this box that I, of my own creation. I want, I want God to, and I don't want to box God in. I, you know, I don't want to say that God is this or that and limit him and limit what I think he can do because he is omnipotent, you know, and he, you know, he is our creator, but it's like he can do anything he wants to, even if I can't think it up. And, and so I want, I would rather live in that freedom rather than in the fear of my own 
what I think my capabilities are with regards to volunteering or helping or, or, or whatever it is. And, and I, may not, I may not even know, you know. I, I mean, to me, things that are rewarding are to come to hope and, and, and you know, leave and say, you know, I never saw that coming, you know. And that was, that in hindsight, look back at an experience, whether it's a, a moment with someone, uh, whether it's volunteering, whether it's just stepping into a, a need, you know, somebody doesn't show up. You know, they need somebody. Somebody got sick at the last minute back in the in the kids' area, and they need somebody there. Uh, you know, it, it can be anything. Uh, and I may not feel immediately qualified to do that, but that's okay. I don't I don't necessarily need, feel like I need to be qualified all the time. Yeah. So, I mean, I think another motivation too, right, and it may not be overt and intentional as much as what maybe we've talked about, but when you're building relationships, right, you, you – generally build stronger, better bonds with people that have similar interests, right? So if you're volunteering in an area where you have an interest, like I know Austin and I have talked some deep stuff um, about some stuff he's working on, right? I mean, he probably wouldn't have come up to me randomly in church and started talking about that, right? But, you know, so you're, you're in areas where people are similar interest to you than that relationship side of, of what's important to this church and and you know, being a believer is 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 built. Yeah, that's like something I always say about why I love surfing on the worship team so much as like a way to connect to people is like we're such a like very diverse group of people in like age and professions and backgrounds, but we have like this very strong common ground of being musicians and caring about music and like that's it's always cool to kind of have that passion and then our love for worship in Jesus like as a foundation of our relationship and it's even stronger than if we were just trying to meet up together because we happen to be two young 20 year old females like getting coffee together. Yeah, there's some inherent trust that comes with mm-hmm. with similarities there right that you know, kind of, I don't know if a relationship is a sum of certain things, right? You you come with a, a base amount of, of relationship already built just because there's common things that, that you both like, so. Yeah. I think as you guys are talking, I'm starting to think of just, just in you guys, the example of you get out of something, what you put into it, especially when it comes to church, I think uh, you're going to get out of church what you put into church, I think, a lot of times. So if you're only ever coming on Sundays, then you'll get stuff out of it. But if you were coming on Sundays and you were maybe serving in a capacity where you feel fulfilled and you're involved in a connection group where you're in community with others or something along those lines, then you're going to probably get a lot more out of this experience that is um, the local church than if you were just coming on Sundays or, or watching online, which it, there's nothing bad about any of those things. Everyone's in a different part of their journey. But I guess for you guys, as you guys have been on this journey, um, you guys have grown in wisdom um, just through different experiences. Where do you feel like the balance is when it comes to um, encouraging someone to start serving, but being in recognition of where they are on their faith journey, if that makes sense. Like, and then your, how do your guys' backgrounds play into that? Like, were you guys ever a part of something where membership is maybe overstressed and all of a sudden it's, because uh, it, we, I don't really ever want to talk bad about any of those things because there are really beautiful things about me- churches that have membership and, and all those things. But I guess in y'all's journey, where has, and what advice would you give to someone who's trying to figure out, I've been coming to church for three months. Should I start serving? I don't really feel called to serve anywhere. Or even just, uh, is there a, clear-cut answer of even coming when you go to church for this amount of months you should start getting involved or does that make sense all those different things yeah it's, a, it's an interesting question too um because my 
I hope it's okay. I talk about my parents without asking them. Um, I don't know if this will make the, the final cut, but <laughs> I mean, that's one of their concerns about moving to a new church or going to church from, you know, not having attended regularly in a while. They feel like the first thing they have to do is to join some kind of serving thing. And, you know, I, I mean, I've witnessed in church and you know it's it's a it's a tough thing but you can overuse volunteers too right yeah. and so i think burnout is real and um i think that's their concern i think people may even have a fear of volunteering for like well i'm never gonna have any time you know right. to do anything i want to do because once i start volunteer for one i volunteer for everything and and then i have to <laughs> to spend all my life volunteering for things and and I get that, right? You know, I, I, you talked about motivation earlier. I mean, there burnout's real. Even f- for people like me who want to be a part of it, um, things happen where you need to take a break. You need to step back sometimes, recharge your batteries. So I, I don't know that there's an answer to when should you and when should you not. I think the courage to just try is really, really the important thing, and that's individual for people, right? I mean, it's got to be on your time. But, but I, again, you go back to what we talked about on why we're in certain areas. If you find something you're interested in, I think it would be a lot easier to enjoy that yeah. when you do get into that, that serving area. And for the purposes of the podcast, Josh is the younger of the two, but he's far more eloquent and, and wise. But, you know, I, listening, to, listening to that, I, I, I think for me, I say, and I, I say me because as it relates to each of us, the uh, – I grew up in traditional church, but I find that the nature of who I am and who God allows me to be, I'm not caught up in the legalism of, of you know, of rules and regulations. I mean, I, the heart of God, and, you know, I look at David, and I look at, I look at how God speaks to me, and, uh, and, and Paul, and, and entities in the Bible, male or female, that re- truly had a heart for God, and you know, I think with, when it comes to volunteering, you know, as Josh said, I think in your in your heart, you know, you know when when God or or you're being spoken to, and whether you choose to ignore that or write it off to something else or say, you know, I don't have time. There's an element you use the word fear, and I think that's a perfect word because are, are we fearful of stepping into something because we don't have enough time? We're not sure of ourselves. We're concerned about failure. We're concerned how that will re- look responsibly in our, in our, in the nature of how we serve. And I think many times, for me personally, I, I sort of am very comfortable being uncomfortable. And I think if I get too comfortable, I'm, I have a sort of a general outlook that if I'm too comfortable, I'm probably not where I'm supposed to be because then I don't move. And I think the nature of our walk with Christ is about movement. It's not about standing still and just uh, and just taking things in as they come to us. We do some of that, but we also take our own steps and we find where God leads us. And I think there's a beauty in both what comes to us and where we go. And I think for me personally, I think that's part of the growth. So when I don't necessarily know where I'll be called next for service. And, you know, since I've been at Hope, you know, I've done a little bit of everything from menial tasks, which I just took that on because it's like something that needed to be done rather than ask who did it. Just it takes 15 minutes, takes 20 minutes, takes half an hour. Just go do what I needed, what I felt like needed to be done. And then the repetition of it, well, it needs to be done next week or this time. And then, 
you know, there was a time when they needed help in the, in the kids' area, and I didn't have any kids here, but it, so, you know, since I'm just an eight-year-old trapped in this body, I went back there and fit right in, you know, and so, until they kicked me out for disciplinary reasons. But no, just kidding. But, uh, but working with the kids, um, greeting, uh, you know, they're just, I'm, I'm trying to, the ELT, just there's a number of different areas, but I think each one of them, sort of present themselves to me at a, at a time where I felt like that was not my timing. That was something that, you know, God had you know, either laid on somebody's heart or, or he allowed me to see something or there was something going on in the church that just I felt like needed to be done. And I, I was, you know, I'll figure it out. Or maybe I'm good at that or, or whatever the case may be. I usually think that there's something pressed on you that you, you sort of deep down know. And whether you fight it or whether you resist it and try and talk yourself out of it, you know, I'm not in a place to negotiate with God. So just, uh, you know, I can be obedient. And sometimes I step into something. I say, man, this is this is a three week deal for me because I can't. I'm, I'm just this ain't working out for them or me. But uh, I think you know. I think don't allow fear to govern your lack of taking steps. Uh, I, I'm just a big believer in that. A couple other things came to my mind. You mentioned one thing about uh, watching. Church at home, right? From the streaming side of, I think we've been very intentional about the communication about that to date. Right? COVID has, has in a way, revolutionized the opportunities that we have to get the message out. You know, we're doing it under the hope umbrella, but really, it's God's message, right? Um, but we didn't have a streaming presence, right, before that. And so now that's a real thing for both people that used to attend in person before. COVID and those that are discovering, you know, hope as a church. And so uh, volunteering for those people is going to look completely different. You know, I spent a little bit of time recently thinking about, you know, what it means to be somebody who that's your chosen way to get worship. And, and, and they're, those are obviously real people with real needs, the same that people that are choosing to come in person. It's the same, again, the same church. But so a volunteer for that type of person is going to look completely different than what we've had in the past and so I don't know what that looks like but there'll definitely be new opportunities to support that mm -hmm. the other thing that came to mind which you know, when you step back and you start volunteering kind of behind the scenes and even with the leadership team this is true with anything in life the more you learn from the back end you realize how much work and effort it takes to do something like uh, just to service on Sunday morning, right? So I was jotting it down over here. I don't know my math is quick, but it, it's over 25 volunteers mm -hmm. on a given Sunday, right? And so you're wanting to rotate those out every other week. So I don't know what our total volunteer base is, but it's it's north of hundreds, right? Mm -hmm. So, and, and you still need more, right? right. So, so just, it, it takes a lot to to do what we do and produce it in a way for the message and the music and the video and the streaming side. It's just a, it takes a lot of volunteers to make that successful. So there's something you can get involved in when, when you feel the time is right. And even like David said, maybe you don't feel the time is right, but find the interest and try it, right? Mm -hmm. And I think even like, I know I've talked to a lot of people who've been intimidated by um, kind of bridging the gap between a willingness to serve and then just no idea, like no picture in their head of what that could look like, um, starting to think, you know, well, maybe I could serve on tech. Oh, I have no experience in that. I'm 
deaf in one ear like there's no way <laughs> um, or kids but I don't have kids and I don't know how to communicate to you know so things like that and I think um a uh I don't want to call it a problem because I don't want to like necessarily say it's a bad thing but we have this situation where we have a lot of volunteers who serve in a lot of different capacities I know especially on the worship team like I have a, a decent handful of people who serve both on the team and up in tech crew and on cameras and like we'll do any other odd job things because they're they're passionate excited and they want to give their time um and so I think I just like want to throw out there that like if someone's listening and has like a willingness to serve like just talking to anyone in a leadership position or any other volunteer about that just putting yourself out there and like odds are (laughs) you're gonna you know be able to be given opportunities like I love having conversations with people who are like hey just if you ever need someone like to do something call me and like odds are that's gonna come up again so yeah and I think there's things that need to be done and can use help that don't happen on a Sunday morning Mm. either right so you know it's not a time thing where if you you can only serve on a random Thursday night that there's not things that you could do, right? So yeah. you wouldn't know that, right? Unless you, like you say, you talk to somebody to see what what needs are out there. And, you know, you make a good point about tech thing too, right? There are, all, there are positions there where you don't have to be, you know, where you are pitch perfect in your ear. I mean, the camera <laughs> operator, I think, you know, from the streaming side of things is, is a good example, right? Mm-hmm. We can train you what you need to do fairly quickly uh, and without any prior knowledge and who knows that may be a gateway maybe you do have a talent you just never been able to nurture that right so you know it can open doors for sure yeah I think I mean that's a, my wife is an example of that um, she does uh, master control she's not a tech person at all has uh, yeah has never cared about production or anything like that um, but she's a perfectionist. So when she gets into something where it's like it tests her and it's almost – it's not competitive, but for her it's a challenge that she can then go and try to, quote-unquote, conquer. I mean it was so funny. The first time after she was serving, she was coming home and watching and taking notes on how she did and what she could do better the next time. And then during the week, you know, where we would normally watch like a TV show, she would turn on like a different church and start taking notes. I was like, Cassie, can we please do something different? She was like, I have to take notes because I have to be better at this. But it's funny because it's like, yeah, she had no care about, she didn't care about production, but it was just like she enjoyed, she enjoyed the team. She enjoyed getting to talk to people on headsets during the service and try to make them laugh while they're doing camera. But then also she had a passion to like get the gospel out there. And that was kind of the heart of it. And then this was another facet and function to be able to go and, and do that. So I think, yeah, and I, I think what I like about what we're talking about is uh, the point of this season is that we're really trying to just cut through kind of some of the ways that church has been done and kind of give the why behind them, right? That Why do we do things the way that we do things? That's really the goal of this. And I think that a lot of times, like you guys have both mentioned this idea of fear, that it's going to overwhelm their life, take control of their life. And I think it's uh, a lot of people in conversations that I've had with people who've grown up um, in the church, this idea of... um, it's obvious that you're prioritizing God in your life if you're serving in the church. And that's always been like a synonymous thought. But I think as we've started to like grow and as we've started to have more honest conversations about it, it's not always, you can be prioritizing God and not be serving in the local church. You can be serving in a lot of different functions or you can be doing so many different things. And I think that's 
I think there, I, I grew up in the church, my dad's a pastor, and I know coming out of that, I really did, when I came to college, I felt this pressure to serve because I was like, man, I'm not a good Christian if I'm not serving in the local church. But I was also just trying to figure out my faith, right? So like I was in no place to be telling a kid about the gospel because I was still working out what the gospel meant to me. It doesn't mean you have to have it all together to serve somewhere. Uh, but I found different capacities to serve in small areas, helping uh, Matthew, like when the next generation house was being built, going over there and taking a hammer to things, like that was fun to do. I think that that's kind of what I'm we're getting at too now. That's why I like, I really appreciate you guys saying that the fear factor, don't be controlled by fear to not take the next step because the next step can look different for every person. And our faith is not synonymous with how many serving or volunteer positions we hold. And I think that's, I think that's a big thing that I think people are working through right now in their faith is just, okay, if that's not the case, then what should I be doing and how should I be involved in the church? We're going to pause our conversation here for today as we wrap up this discussion on volunteering at Hope and transition next week into a look at leadership at Hope Fellowship and hear more from Josh and David. Don't forget that if you'd like to contact us with any questions, comments, or thoughts on the show, we would absolutely love to hear from you. You can shoot us an email at podcast at hopeandanderson.com. We'll see you guys next week.